1: Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, your host of Nabwood Talks, and I am the CEO of Sula 2 LLC, and we will capture, preserve, and present your legacy information in any form possible because we make old, new, and everything we do. And to that end, this is why we are here with NAVWIC to bring to you wonderful conversations with people that you need to know. And before I get started with today's guest, I'd like to also acknowledge my program director, Tina Williams, who's also a NAVWIC member, and she is the CEO of Williams Professional Water Restoration Service, LLC, and probably the reason that you will get to be on the show, because she's out there looking for you. So help her find you. As a member of Navwick, this is a, a benefit to you and to others that can benefit our organization. You can also be a part of this this, this radio show as well. Today, however... We have a wonderful person lined up for you, and her name is Tanya Maris. And Tanya is your generational connector and founder of Simply HR LLC. She provides employers with training and HR solutions that cultivate a generationally inclusive workplace. With more than 20 years of progressive HR experience, Tanya provides keynote speeches, lunch and learns, and workshops for organizations and associations across the Southeast. She has partnered with organizations such as Chick-fil-A, Oracle, Spellman, and Kinshaw University, just to name a few, and to bring training solutions for engaging millennials in the workforce workplace working with leaders to transform their cultures cultures by attracting, developing, and retaining a workforce that is generationally inclusive. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, good morning. How are you on this wonderful
2: Wednesday morning?
1: Oh, I am just great and excited about talking to you today. And let's get started. Tell me a little bit about what, does generationally inclusive mean? What is it? Well, you know, there has been a, a shift, a paradigm.
2: Um, we, have a, we hear a lot of talk about um, the millennials are coming into the workforce. We have 86 million millennials are in the workforce, but we also have other generations in the workplace. And oftentimes you hear about baby boomers and millennials, but I want, you know, organization to understand that we have a multi-generation workplace. And in order for us to, in the reference of um, Rodney King, get along, we need to be generational inclusive, meaning that we need to include all the generation. So for the first time in our history, we have five generations that are working together, which for some organization is a challenge. And that's where I come in to help them um, develop a generationally inclusive workplace.
1: Okay, you've already said something that is quite profound. I had no idea that we're looking at five different generations. My (laughs) lord.
2: Yes, we, and it has become a challenge for a lot of organizations simply because. We got five generations. We have that are the traditional. Are, They're the oldest generation in the workplace. There's about 7 million of them in the workplace. Then we got the baby boomer, which is the second largest generation in the workplace. And these are the ones that occupy a lot of the leadership um, positions in the C suites. Then we have the Gen X generation, which is known as the really the sandwich generation. They pretty much are forgotten. Then you have the millennial, which is most often talked about and misunderstood, which is 86 million, so they're the largest generation in the workplace, and then you have those 18, 19 years coming in, and they're called the Z generation. So we got our hands full.
1: Oh, yes. But in a good way, in some ways, I, I have to tell you, the first thing comes to mind is what's happening in politics right now. And you can see that shift and you can see that boldness that this later generation, I'm not sure what generation they fall into. They're not the youngest, but they're not the oldest either. But they they're are Gen quite X. young. They're the next. That's the one okay, that's okay, so they everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Exactly. So, you know, in the atmosphere, in the workplace, there is a shift. Uh, pretty much the workforce is getting ready to be disrupted. And so, and when I say that, that's not a a negative way, but what I'm saying is that how we used to do things is no longer um, status quo anymore. And so that's why it has been a challenge for a lot of employers to really employ, retain, engage, and even communicate. Because we got five generations in the workplace and they all have different needs and expectations and work expectations.
1: Now, this is sounding a little bit overwhelming for me already because as I think about what you're saying and I think about some things that I know as well, the first thing that comes to mind is that someone gave an analogy that um, when you analyze what business you're in, you have to have to think about the business and not the tool that's going to get you there. For instance, the people that realized that they were in the transportation business was able to move when when airplanes came along, but maybe trains and horse buggies and things like that didn't make that transition, but they were still in the transportation business as they went to those planes, and those that understood that the horse and buggy was transportation, but the plane was another form of transportation, and they had to move with that, survived. So now you add that kind of of shift in how we do business with who we're doing business with. That's a double whammy, and now you're oh, saying a five time whammy. <laughs> well, it is, and that's what's the
2: disruption. Because, like I stated before, how we did business is different. Your analogy is so on point because the the, the buggy and the horses was a form of transition, mean, transportation, and now in the workplace today, you know, we, we have a lot of stereotypes, you know, in the workplace, meaning that the older generation are not technology savvy. Or, and that's, that's not true. It's just that technology has evolved. And because this millennial group has um, grew up, born with technology that that's what make working differently it used to be a time where we didn't have access well now we have access to the world and so the question is how we work how we communicate is so different now, and so you got these different generations coming to the workplace, so that's why we have to have a generational inclusion, inclusive workplace because we all bring different things to the workplace. For example, you know, your baby boomers, they well, let's go back to the traditionals. They were in the World War I, and tra- tra- traditionally, the um, traditionals were male-driven in the workplace because the women stayed home. Then as it evolved a little bit, the baby boomers came into the workplace, and their goal was I work hard because this company is going to take care of me. I'm going to be lawyer. I'm going to do 30 years plus because they believe in me and I believe in them. Then you get the um, Gen X, and I'm a Gen X. We came in the workplace saying, you know, we want work-life balance. We saw our parents not come home. We saw our parents miss ballet and football games. So we want the work-life balance. We want a shadow. We want a, we want flexibility. And then the millennia just busted wide open and said, look, do I even have to come to work? why do i have to have a desk this is the deskless generation i have my laptop i have my phone i can work anywhere in the world they have uh um, work life integration so that has been different and then you got this other generation that they are very quick and they also are technology savvy and their whole cause generation the millennial and the um the z generation their whole cause is in the community so you got so many dynamics you've got technology how we communicate we got our, you know our work expectation how we work when we work it's been very interesting but i think it's a great opportunity now because i really believe that we have an opportunity to really put purpose back into our
1: lives absolutely and as you were saying that, you know, whenever I have a guest on, it's, a, it's an opportunity for me to go down memory lane, too, and, and there are things <laughs> that I just have not thought about in quite some time. But all of those different generations I can basically relate to because I started out in my early career in computer services. And so I've seen this evolution in the technology and have kept up with it to some degree but I've made a transition from programming and supporting systems and installing systems to being a, an end user and understanding how to use those systems. So I'm not afraid of the computer. And and it's interesting to see one of those generations when they start talking about certain things and they look at me and and I can relate. And it, it takes them aback a little bit because they have no idea that I understand what the heck they're talking about, and I do. <laughs> You know? <laughs> so um, I find each one of those generations quite fascinating, to be honest. And um, this is this is why this conversation is really good for me. Now, before we go deep into exactly how you got to be a part of this and, and why it fascinates you, how did you become a part of Nabwick? Because this is the show that we're talking about. This is the reason that we're here. How did you get associated with Nabwick?
2: It it was very interesting. Uh, I remember going to a conference and I saw these ladies in red, right? I saw these ladies in red. And one of the markets or industry that I really wanted, because I saw the shift coming about seven years ago, and I wanted to make an impact into an industry that was so impacted by a male dominant. And because of my background in HR, I was like, wow, I can provide a solution because at this point, where we're at right now, that industry is going to be aging out of males, and so you 're going to start seeing women and young people uh, having some form of interest in that um, in that industry and so fast forward i uh, you know I was still working at the time and trying to figure it out. And I used to get that with emails for seven years, and I never, you know, I, I opened sometimes, but I didn't read them all the time. And I end up meeting the founder, and McNeil, we who were in the mastermind together. And that's when it clicked. I'm like, wait a minute, I, I see this black and red, and I realized it was divine, but it was a, a, a sign. It was a specific time, so when I left the workforce, and God just put us together, and I realized, you know what, I do have something to bring because my goal is to help organizations, especially those who are aging out, to pretty much you know get them um I, I would say trained up to understand the younger generation and how we can do things a little bit different. And lo and behold, the fact that NABWIC is woman owned was even powerful because again, we're breaking all glass ceilings. We are um, disrupting the workforce and, and I, I wanted to be a part of something to that, to disrupt the workforce. So my goal was to really be a part of NABWIC, help organization understand that women bring something to the table as well and also to understand that we have to work in the multi-generation and be inclusive. So that's how all of that came about. But it was a divine purpose because I knew about NABA for seven years. But the the alignment and assignment came a couple years ago.
1: It's fascinating also to hear you talk about the fact that it was the red that got your attention and yes. McNeil, oh, she loves the red and yes. it even reminds me, you know, back in the day, it was almost taboo for um, especially a woman to wear anything red. And I mm-hmm. remember I went to a conference, and it was the author of a book, and her book jacket just happened to be red. But I was the only woman in the room with a red suit on. It was A-line. It wasn't tight or anything. It was totally professional, but it was red. <laughs> she actually signed the book the lady in red <laughs> cuz it was just that unusual to see somebody in red um back in the day in a professional environment now we understand that men wear red ties to stand out yep. that that's a symbol of power and then that red you cannot you cannot miss it in in certain environments so um hats off to her and a vision and sticking with it because obviously it worked so yes. at this point, we are going to go to a commercial. Then we're going to come, come back and talk to you. We're going to talk to Tony, Tanya, I'm sorry, Tanya. And we're going to get that right too. Tanya, about Tanya and how you got to be who you are and what motivated you and what path um, you have led to get to this point. So see you on the other
0: side of the commercial. one to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. And ABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C Thank you, and we're back. Hello, we're back. This is Ursula
1: Odom, your host of Navwick's Talk. Navwick Talks, and I'm with Tony... I'm sorry. Okay. I'm with Tanya Morris, and before the break, we were talking about how she has... um define the industry and generational inclusion. And so now what we want to do is find out a little bit more about Tanya and how you got to be who you are, who motivated you. What was the path that led you to where you are right now? That's an
2: interesting um, story. Uh, well, it is an interesting story because, you know, I spent my whole life in my whole career in human resources, uh and I work in different industries. And I can remember um, my mother definitely motivated me and my husband as well. So, you know, I was one of those people that um, before my time, I got married in college. And um, still my husband and I am celebrating 25 years this year. And he always motivated me as well. But I had knew I wanted something that was going to impact um, the world, if you will, and particularly women. And, but didn't know how. And sometime in life, you just have to go through the process and save space for God to be able to do whatever he's going to do. So fast forward, I, I have two boys, and I really want to be a mother first. I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I knew I wanted to be a mother first. And I ended up working in a government setting. And I was one of the executives there of 300,000 memberships. I managed all of that. I was an HR director. And my background came from starting up different organizations, HR infrastructure. I've done mergers and acquisitions, talent, you know, management, recruiting. I just managed the whole nine yard of an HR part of it. And as I started looking around, I had noticed a shift in the workplace and i remember you know talking to my executive and indicating that you know what we're it's aging you know, especially the agency that I worked for I, in government, it was aging out, and they really didn't understand. I was really ahead of my time. And uh, I saw younger people start coming in, and and, and I started seeing technology. So I was awa- I made myself aware of what was going on in the environment. And because I heard so many stereotypes with the younger generation, they really didn't want to embrace the younger generation. They always had these stereotypes. And so I went on a quest to understand them. So I used to do focus group and interview and I try to stay relevant cause I have two boards. I got one 22, 20, yeah, 22. And I got one is 19. So I always stay relevant and want to understand what was important to them. So as a, director of human resources, when we were interviewed, the question would be different from an older generation about what motivates you. And a lot of the younger people were motivated by what was going on outside of the workplace, like community outreach, which was very interesting to me. And so fast forward, I had made a decision that I was going to help small businesses compete with a larger organization because, you know, you and I and many others. of us, have been told that, you know, go to school and get a good job and work for a big company. And I just felt that uh, a small, smaller organization, smaller and medium-sized organization could compete as well because a lot of employees in the workplace were not fulfilled. They were very disengaged, and I want to disrupt that and bring those solutions to organization. Now, I worked at a male-dominant organization like the Sherwin-Williams of the world. Um, I was a director there, and I was able to make some really great, movement in that organization. we getting women in the organization. So, you know, you never know how God has a plan. So I I work well with the male dominant workplace, but I also work well with incorporating a generational inclusive workplace. And so I decided, you know what, I, I really want to go work with organizations. So I started off as a HR consultant, and I had a lot of clients that I would help them embrace the multi-generation because it really made their organization more uh, sustainable, if you will, because we had uh, a group of people like, such as the millennials generation that had the technology, so they worked a little bit, you know, faster, if you will, more efficient, and then you had the older generation that had the knowledge, so I thought that was a great combination, and so as my business evolved with the HR, I started speaking, And so I started getting on platforms, educating employers, because a lot of times the employees have these stereotypes, they're entitled, and some of that stuff may be true, but the question I used to always bring, you know, to the table is how can we leverage all these generations? So I would help them put programs in place like reverse mentorship. Um, And it really made a big difference because, like I would always tell them, if your workforce is generation inclusive. Your clients and your customer base is generation inclusive. So you have to have some representation of that. So when you're dealing with your clients and so then that worked very well. And then I just involved into a, you know, I was a coach as well. So I put that hat on. So I have, you know, organizations would like for me to coach their, their workforce. And then I coach individuals, how they can navigate the workforce that they want to enter or the industry that they want to enter. So I had, a, I had a, I'm like Michelle Obama. When in your business, sometimes you just have to swerve. So I was swerving, you know, in my uh, in my venture where I'm at today. But I put them all together. So I do offer the HR infrastructure, especially for those in the in the construction industry that are growing and they're staffing up, and they'll, um, so I help them with their um, HR infrastructure and compliance and getting the right people, and then as far as, you know, speaking, I speak at a lot of conferences. I do a lot of training at Lunch and Learn, and then the coaching piece is a good one as well, so I'm a really full-service type person, really trying to get the word out that we all just need to get along,
0: and there. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash n-a-b-w-i-c. Thank you, and we're back. I apologize for the technical difficulty. And
1: then the other thing was I apologize for mispronouncing your name (laughs) because I realized what had happened. My brain sees Toni Morrison when I see your name because there's Uh quite a bit Uh of, well, you understand why. She's an Uh author and quite well-known and just had a birthday just recently. So you pronounce your name Tanya, correct? Mm-hmm. So that's okay. That's, oh, okay. That's all good. Because okay. everybody knows my, my family in Florida know me as
2: Tony, so that's not a big deal. Oh
1: okay. All right. So what I also asked was um if you are a new company or if you are a, a a small company and you want to add an employee, your first employee, and you've been doing business for quite some while um, however, you want to grow. How? What's the best way to start with my well, generation? Well, I, I think it. What I want to say is
2: that <clears throat> when you're a business and you're small and you're wanting to grow and you want to scale up, don't look so much at the generation. Look at what you need first. Um, look at what, what, what it is that you need. And whomever falls into that category, meaning the skill set, that's what you go with. But I do know as you grow, you may encounter different generation based on the skill set that you need. So don't ever hire, okay, I'm going to hire me somebody young or whatever. You hire for what you need first. And you may find that you may have a, a generation that is, is all the same. Who knows? It's just depending on what you need. But I think if you need somebody that's going to help you market and is going to get out there and do the things that you want, then you may want to go with a, a, a generation that have that skill set. You do have all generations that have different skill sets. So I wouldn't just hire based on the generation. I would hire based on the skill set. And if it happens to be a different generation, then that's when we start deve- um, dealing with or developing an a, 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 in a generation-inclusive workplace, but don't ever just hire because of, you know, generation. You hire based on what you need.
1: But is there a way to determine which generation you personally might work better with? I mean, is there an oil and water type of mixture with some generations?
2: I, I, I think, you know what,
1: again, a lot of people ask the question, well, how,
2: is there a way? And I don't want to screw um, put people in a, in a box, for, for example, but I will say that if you know your organization needs some technology and and they're good on, you know, social media and you need that type of um, position, like for me, uh, I needed somebody to do my social media platforms for me. And I interviewed different people not knowing, but it happened to be. A Gen X that had that 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 knew what I wanted and felt good for my organization. Now on the flip side, I needed someone um, from a recruiting standpoint. I was working with a, a client and we wanted some some younger people, some vibrant and different things. And then I hired somebody that looked like you know them or what have you, and that wanted to relate to them as well. So I just think it depends. You have to be very careful because you don't want to be um, Discriminatory, but I do think each generation have different characteristics. If that's what you're asking, and you can mm-hmm. determine based on the characteristics what will fit for your organization. I needed somebody um, that really knew the social media, and they were quick and they can get it moving without limited, you know, inf- you know, direction. So that's why I end up hiring who I hire. Now, if I wanted somebody experience or what have you then that may be a whole a different generation. But, again, you look at the generations and see what their core characteristics are. And then if that is what you need in your position descriptions, then that's what you go with. But I don't think you can go out and say, okay, I want 10 uh, millennials to line up for an interview and just dis- disclude everybody else. We don't want to encourage that.
1: Oh, so if that helps okay. you. <clears throat> Get away from discriminating against people. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. And then
2: in my example, also, like in the Asian um, industry, like um, an Asian industry is such as the construction industry is is dominated by male, and it is Asian out. So... The next generation is a younger generation, right? But they have Mm. to want to do that. So you have to find the the characteristics. You know, you got some uh, millennials that love technology, and they're not going to get their hands dirty. And you got some that say, I can do this as well. So it just just depends. And I I really just think that with 86 million uh, millennials in the workplace, they're going to be in your mix some kind of way without you even looking for it, right? Right. And so they're the largest generation, Then the baby boom is the second, and the Gen X is the third. So you got that core group that that's going to be mixed together in some capacity.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So with all of what we've talked about so far, a lot of times people come prepared to talk about one thing and I start asking a bunch of questions in another direction. <laughs> Are there any other things that you would like to share that I haven't thought to ask the question about? Well, I, you know, I,
2: again, like I talked to you earlier, um, one of my biggest things that I'm very passionate about is really getting the right people in the right position because oftentimes uh, we don't do that and that's why we have a lot of are very disengaged. So I, you know, really help organizations, especially those who are beginning to staff up and leverage up, understanding how you want to develop your culture. And so that's very important, understand what the needs are and staying relevant to continue. And I also let you know employers know that what used to be is no longer is you know longevity we talked about the 30 years you know 15 years in organization now you've got 24 months you know people working for you so how do you deal with that and so you have to have a culture that can embrace that as well so i do a lot of, around that and helping the organization because really our market is really changing and i really believe that the gig economy and the contracting world it's among us, and it's here to stay. And that's a whole different dynamic as a whole.
1: Okay. So if people want to engage you, how do they go about reaching you? Well, one of the biggest, uh, I'm on social
2: media, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm definitely on Facebook, Tanya um, Morris, and Facebook is is Tony Morris, because everybody knows about Tony. And then from a website standpoint, to look at some of the trainings that I've done, um, Tanya, T-O-N-I-A, at TanyaMorrisSpeaks.com. That's where I do all my my topics and I speak. But from an HR infrastructure standpoint, they can reach me at simplyhrandmore.com. Simplyhrandmore, and And that's all of it is spelled out and more.com, and that's where we begin to do the work on building your infrastructure.
1: And what exciting things do you have coming up that you might want to share?
2: I have a whole lot. I'm doing a whole lot. I am. Uh, my book is coming out. I got a book um, talking about before you say I do to entrepreneurship. So many people think they want to go into entrepreneurship and I use the analogy of marriage because it is a commitment and it is a sacrifice. So that book is coming out. I am excited. It should be out um, the end of the month in the March, I should say. Um, definitely doing some stuff international that I'm excited about. Um, definitely launching my coaching program as well. So and then also my podcast is coming out on April, the, um, I think, April the 4th. And so we're going to talk about the transition movement because it is a transition going on and people are moving in different directions. So
1: I'm excited about all those great things that are coming out. All right. And thank you so very much for being a part of NABWIC Talks and being a part of and all and sharing the things that you're doing and have done and plan to do. Um, quite a wonderful show thank you and thank you so much um, you're welcome and to my listening audience come back next week we have a full lineup that's just getting extremely powerful throughout the year we have some people lined up that just just wonderful and starting with next week all right take care thank you have a good one